Porter. Hi. <laughs> Dave's Dave's not as loud and obnoxious as me, so we're gonna have a, a loosening up process here. But uh, for for those of you who may not know who Dave Porter is, and, and a lot of you actually listening to the show have heard his music a lot, but you may not know the name. Dave is an incredible composer, an old friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, and he worked on a little show, well, a couple little shows, but a, a little show called Breaking Bad, which we're not going to ruin for you, and we're not going to get into, you know, <laughs> d delving into the many plot lines, because I, I will say this, I, I binged watch the show, yeah, and I, I saw you recently on that thing, what was that, who, I, it was Thomas Dolby and you, which I love yep. saying, by the way. I know, hilarious. Spectacular. And Michael Cicchino? Cicchino, yeah. Cicchino, okay. Yeah. And you brought up something that I thought was really interesting, because I thought Thomas moderated that brilliantly. Oh, such, a, such a bright guy, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and also, I should say, I, we saw this concert where he scored this film live, and there was... What, what was that called? Like The, the Lighthouse? The Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. So... Basically, in the middle of this thing, when the film is kind of finished, she goes, and now I want to bring up two people I've always wanted to talk to, and I'll talk to them in front of an audience and ask amazing questions. He did. I swear only he could have pulled that off because, <laughs> I mean, when it was first offered to me to do that, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. I mean, here's a pop star. He's going to do a concert, but in the middle of the concert, he's going to shut it all down, yeah. pull out some microphones and some stuffy chairs, and yeah. sit in front of the same crowd. Yeah. Right? And have this sort of chat, like a TED talk, basically. Yeah, yes, it was but, it, totally. It was like, you know. a TED talk. Yeah. And I have to say, just like in life, you, you, your words were very, you know, you're a man of not a million words, but you, you, you nailed it because you, you, you brought up this thing about the show that I thought was interesting. You said, you know, we, we got started, and then the Netflix thing kicks in, and then all these people are catching up to season three and catching up to season four. And the thing about that show, and maybe just the thing in general about the way things are consumed now, I, I loved being able to watch it all at once. I hated being able to watch it all at once because yeah. you didn't get in, and maybe we're not allowing ourselves now to like sort of experience something, let it sit for, I guess it would be a week and maybe sometimes. Yeah, at least a week. In, sure. in between shows, months, yeah. maybe <clears throat> seasons. Yeah, but your take on that, and and if you can re recreate sort of what you were talking about, I thought it was fascinating because you're like, you know, it's weird. All these people are catching up to stuff that I, you know, I mean, just I I did love the way you. you said yeah, that. I mean, I think it, I think it's fascinating. I think it's all changing, obviously, very fast. It change people's viewing habits for particularly, you know, high end television dramas, all changed. Uh, within the last few years, within the span of time we were working on Breaking Bad. I mean, when yeah. we started it six years ago, no one was binge-watching shows on Netflix. It just didn't happen. Yeah. And certainly, at no point in the creation of the show did we design the show to be watched like that. No. We always, you know, all these things are, obviously, it's, a, it's an overarching story that goes on and on, but every episode is meant to be its own little statement. And frankly, you know, it really is. It is, yeah. yeah, and 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 was meant to make you have to sit there and stew over what <laughs> what happened at the end of any given episode before you you had the satisfaction of learning what was gonna how it was the story was gonna progress from there. So in a way, you know, it it 
it feels wrong, but at the same time, there's no denying that uh, people watching it that way, uh, because of everybody's, you know, schedules and the way they view things now and how they can view it, I mean, it, it made the show immensely more popular. It really did. I mean, the vast majority of people watched it that way. Yeah. Not on TV. I know I did. Uh, it's, yeah. and, you know, until maybe the last season when everyone was caught up and no one, knowing it was the last season, no one wanted to be the guy at work the next day who right. hadn't seen. And that, and that's where it's finally caught up with, with the ability to have to watch it every week. Yeah. From my vantage point, I mean, I have certainly have no issue with it. I watch shows that way. I mean, I tend not to watch, you know, three episodes in a night of no. things, or we, but I certainly have, like, we watched... Boardwalk Empire recently, House of Cards. I mean, very good shows, um, and we'll watch them maybe one a night. Yeah, you know. And, but even that, I mean, it's it's so different from how we thought of it when we made it, and I'm sure that's true ex- with maybe the exception of of the House of Cards folks who kind of well, yeah, yeah look forward to it that's that way. That but model. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they saw it being viewed that way, but it, it changes a lot of things. It changes a lot of things about how you would. I mean, going back words you know if if i thought of people watching it so one on top of each other i think it might have changed what you would do artistically or would it i don't know it's an interesting question and i said even thinking that i i would well i mean for example like in um and in house of cards for example like they use and this is talking as a composer and a musician and i pay attention to these things but they use the the main title statement uh, a lot, and it's great. Jeff Beal, great composer. Oh, that's Jeff Beal. Yeah. Oh. Great, yeah. great, great composer, yeah. uh, and uh, and and he does a great job on the show. But it's, it's funny. It's like it 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 it, it struck me, uh, and this is just as an observation about viewing things differently now than we used to, um, that when you watch two episodes of that in a given night you've had that theme pounded at you a whole bunch of times in a very yeah. short amount of time and does and would you would you think about that in a different way if you knew that and because I think about that when I write I mean how how much frequency do you want to give uh, a musical statement within a given period of time does that change how you might think about doing that if you thought about whereas as opposed to if you're just going to watch it once a week it's not that big a deal I mean no. it is so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, and I'd be curious about your take on this, just sure. as my friend and someone who's known me the whole and long before I ever started working on the show. And we'll talk about yeah, how we but, met. I yeah, love to but, see that. But. but, I mean, that's six years of my life. Yeah. Six years of my creative, and this is a selfish thing, but, you know, I mean, people talked about, you know, watching the show in six weeks or a month or yeah. less, and I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that That's the like, culmination of... Of literally, I mean, six years where I did very little else. Yeah. You know, and then to have it get devoured that fast. Yeah. As as something, it's it 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 makes an impression on you as an artist. It you know I didn't even think about it from that perspective, and I'm one of the you know I'm one of the many that devoured it in that in that way, and I got to be honest, it never came. Oh, that's really a trip. So I mean, for example, it's like a couple thousand days of your life. Yeah, obsessing over like character development and being a, you're basically a character on the show, mm. be it subliminally or many many times very out front and and like a key thing, 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it so means it, to, put it, to put it in perspective, yeah. it means if if you wanted to watch my next series yeah. that way, if I did the next Breaking Bad, for example, and you decided to catch on in season five or six, yeah. you wouldn't hear my music again until twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So, if you look at it that way, yeah, that's kind of a trip. Yeah. And it's a lot. It's it's funny. I noticed with the show, and I want to get back into how we met and talk about that but I do one more thing that I kind of noticed the and we talk you know we talk all the time on the phone and we're buddies you know it's like you know and that's one of the things about a sh- like a podcast or a show or whatever like this mm-hmm. the reason I think we're doing this is we want all these interactions that we have with our friends and colleagues and people we really like look up to or respect people go out and you'll do interviews and like yeah six years of your life I don't think you get to talk about that aspect of it when you're, you know, someone's interviewing it. So, um, Walt's at the car lot, you know, like you, it, it, it becomes yeah. these sort of like, you know. Right, these flash photo moments. Of, yeah, and then yeah. they move on yeah, to, yeah, you know, a girl falls in a well stuff, you know, right. like whatever. Right. Um, but I was going to say that it's six years of your life and this is, you know, basically, I mean, I know the first show that you, that you scored, it was... What, what, uh, rescue, not rescue. Uh, uh, save. Save. Yeah. Yeah. yeah paramedic thing for TNT. Totally cool. It was a great yeah, little show. I mean, nice I little was, show. Yeah. 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 But this is like your first statement over years on a thing. Oh, for sure. And I, as your, as as a friend that's known you for a long time, I saw changes. I saw risk taking. I saw, oh wow, where do you get those sounds? I I just I saw a thing open up, and mm-hmm. I also, it feels like the sh- people running the show increasingly trusted you and gave you more stuff to do as the show got there's some truth to that for sure and i and i and beyond that i just think i got fortunate in that the the natural storytelling arc of the show meant that as there was a gradual escalation in the amount and the scope yeah of the music that there was to do as the story went on yeah which allowed me an awful lot of time and a lot of luxury to yeah. get my feet wet, experiment, totally. you know, try out different things that, that worked and some certainly didn't and, and, and find myself on a path and, and, and grow confident yeah. in what I was doing over that period of time, which as you know, is everything. Well, and, and also a unique experience, I think in, especially in episodic television, because if you're, if you're looking at like, and listen, and I will say this, for anyone listening to this, Dave is is an incredibly serious, passionate. Like you, you, if you only have six minutes of music to do for an episode, you will find a way to turn that into fifty-one teeth clenching, really like focused like time. But you know, it is interesting to see like the thought of like wow, you know, like he only had ten minutes in that episode, but they all meant something. And as a, you know, it is kind of cool. You got kind of lucky. I never thought about it. Like, you got to really try stuff, and it grew and grew and grew. And grew. That's great. I, you know, never it even did. made that. But, but and, in that, and, you know, some of that is me, but a lot of that, as you say, is having the trust and the confidence of the people that I'm working for sure. to allow me to do those things. Um, and, and, obviously, as you know from, you know, producing artists or, or any other interactive creative uh, collaboration like that, mm-hmm. when the rest of the product is good, 
Yeah. It's so much easier. Yeah. And it, obviously, then then it becomes much more about an issue of you um, bringing to the table what you have to offer creatively as opposed to trying to mask or enhance someone else's work or right. or not so great work yeah. you know and that's that's so common in in what i do on tv particularly and in film i mean there's a lot of yeah. composers don't have the luxury and i've certainly been this case for me on other projects is you know if you spend a lot of time having to use your skills to improve on you know uh, how, uh, how poorly something was shot or constructed yeah. or edited or acted or written or all those yeah. things, then you're not spending the time you could be creatively to make an impact with music in the way yeah. music could. And I never had that problem on Breaking Bad because yeah. everybody before me did an outstanding job, yeah. obviously, and, and yeah. everyone just brought it all. Yeah. Uh, the editing on that show oh, was yeah. so heavy. Yeah. It was yeah. so well done. Yep. All right, well, let's back it up because yeah. I want to. I want to talk about um, because it's interesting. I I, I heard I, the other day I actually got a chance to meet Alan Silvestri, who's a, oh, a, cool. a composer. I, I you know, and it wasn't in like you know, hey, we're buddies, we hung out. He was giving yeah. a speech. I listened yeah. to him give a speech. Yeah, and he spoke about the fact that he was like, listen, I went to school. He went to Berkeley. It was actually a Berkeley thing, uh -huh. and it was really funny. He said I was at school. I was a guitar player. And my first couple days there, I heard the saxophonist playing, and I, I, I was walking down this spiral staircase where the rehearsal rooms were, and he basically came upon a young Michael Brecker, like, practicing, and he was like, okay, I will never be that good at anything I do playing-wise. I <laughs> yeah. need to rethink everything. And I thought it was really honest and really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and he brought up this thing where he said, and, and it's always the same thing. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but it's never a story like, I moved to Hollywood and I immediately started working for Quincy Jones. Like hey. he was like, I was broke, yeah. I knew nobody, yeah. and then I wrote the theme to Chips. You know, it was like <laughs> because my friend was a music editor and they yeah. didn't know what to do, and they yeah. said, hey, schmuck, write. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was really funny and really a kind guy. And yeah. I got a chance yeah. to meet him afterwards. Cool. But he basically said, listen, I'm a musician sort of in the he wasn't coming at it like musician first wise he was like I am a musician right but I write things for things I he goes I don't remember the last time I wrote a piece of music just to write a piece of music and you and I talk about this all the time yeah I always sort yeah. of break your balls about your yeah, amazing yeah. red stare yeah. uh, project but right. you know you're like hey it is fascinating to me this concept of, of being a kid yep. being drawn to music yep but you're a composer. Like, what? How did music hit you as a kid? And what were you? Were you mostly? I don't even piano player. I'd imagine. Yeah. No, I grew up, um, you know, in a strictly classical music household. Oh. And uh, and and my parents are both musicians, neither of them professionally, but mm -hmm. they're very talented musically. They met singing uh, in the '60s at Duke University in the choir. Uh, and, that's uh, why you're a Blue Devils fan. Yeah, so I get it now. Right, exactly, Dookie. <laughs> Dookie I am, and uh, even though I didn't go to school there, but um, grew up with it, you know, and the same way. And, um, yeah, my parents were, were uh, big advocates of having music be part of my life and part of my instructional well, stuff as a kid. Is. Yeah, so I started at five. I started classical piano at five. 
and um, and I never heard music other than classical music literally until probably almost junior high school. Wow. Yeah, when I started Not to live. like taking. They just didn't... It just wasn't in our house. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, we, we didn't listen to it in the house. And, I mean, of course, I was vaguely aware of it. But, yeah. like, you know, I, I didn't... I don't know. It wasn't, like... Pop music wasn't, like, a huge thing for little kids like it is now. No. You know what I mean? When we were all. kids, it wasn't... I mean, I remember hearing a Madonna record, maybe the first one in sixth grade or something, yeah. and being, wow, that's interesting, like, different, you know? But it was really, like... It was really more... You know, like the uh, the older brothers or the older neighbors, like across the street, like as I started to hit, you know, early pubescence, you know, washing their Camaros out front, you know, listening to, <laughs> to, to I told this story to um, Steve Perry the other day, and he loved it actually. Cause we were having lunch, and he uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, the first time I heard Journey, I swear to God, was like sitting on my lawn or doing, you know, yard work at my house." And, you know, watching my, my neighbor, who was, you know, a bunch of years older than me in high school or end of high school, you know, watch, watching his Camaro and blasting the radio while he was doing it, you know, classic rock. It was like Journey and ACDC and Zeppelin and all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, and Sticks. Remember Sticks? Ooh, yeah, because, Arigato, yeah, baby. man, when all that yeah. stuff was, you know, and. Uh, I hate it. I, got, I hated them. Like, do you of know, course certain, you did. Certain music. <laughs> no, oh yeah, I because I was like, I wish the Gap Band would go and kick the right, shit out of them. Course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I always hated those guys. Yeah. yeah. But, oh. but you know, oh. I mean, all that stuff. And, I love that. And of so, you did. and and so, you know, it was weird, and it was a very, it was, it was, and getting into all that, which I did, of course, in yeah. a huge way, once the floodgates were opened. You know, you know, very quickly went into, started in classic rock, and then backtracking, and then and then got super into you know the new wave and the 80s stuff and all the synth pop and all that stuff and um well isn't it it's like it's a known fact that eric Satie is the gateway to sticks right yes yes yeah well you know yeah <laughs> but, but but i mean you're like it must have been you know did you were you ever in like a synth pop band did you do battles of the band no 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 or? no and in fact um, I've hardly ever been in bands. Wow. I just, I don't, uh, I think because, because I started so young doing it myself. And, you know, I think the big transition from, you know, the classical music I always enjoyed, uh, and I still love it, sure. but it, it, I don't know, it wasn't personal right. to me. And maybe this is a part of, you know, the generational appeal of, of rock and roll my parents didn't listen to rock and roll even though they were young enough to be of an era of the Beatles and uh, Elvis and all that sure, stuff yeah. they, they came from the south and they didn't they were come from conservative places and they, just, they listened to classical music or wow. so it just wasn't you know wasn't around my father to this day only listens to classical music and has absolutely no awareness of much much what else but you know but man yeah. I mean you know Grillam on a Prokofiev symphony knows everything about it. So, Back forth, yeah. yeah, so so for me, you know, the the rock and roll stuff became special to me and, and and then it was later that through the through my ability as a keyboard player, I think, and this sort of fortuitous advent of synthesizer based music, 
you know, right when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, um, that, um, you know, propelled me into even thinking about making my own music, which up to that point, all I was doing was performing, regurgitating Bach and Mozart well, and recitals, recitals, and, yeah. competitions up and down the East Coast. Really? Like, yeah, I was, you oh, know, wow. trooped around and, and did all that stuff. And, and I enjoyed it and took pride in it. I did well at it. Um, and I'm certainly thankful for it. My God, I mean, that my, even though I don't play like that anymore, I should. I should do much more te- technical training. And, I mean, that's a thing. You take a couple of days away and you're already losing some No, that's, I know. That's a I muscle. Know. It is. But at the same time, you know, I have, I have an ability to, as you do on, on bass and not many of the instruments, I'm sure, but just a, a, a faculty with it. Yeah. Where I can sit down and 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 think about music and not think about the technical aspects of which finger goes where and mm. how to do you know what I mean mm. your hands just you know, you, you, yeah. you learn the muscle memory for it so yeah. so I'm uber thankful for that but um, it wasn't until going to college where I circled back around to writing music and have it have any kind of connection to orchestral music or classical music that's all i was interested in was 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 two things one was making making interesting like synth pop and you know and you know-esque landscapey or soundscapey stuff and all, all the things that, that were so interesting that you could do by yourself with technology sure. and frankly being a little bitter that i was growing up um, outside of DC, in the middle of the whole Fugazi, you know, amazing Discord record scene, and wasn't a guitar player. Right, there was right, no right. room for the keyboard player See, in the post punk. That's where I enter world. and say, I grew up outside of DC in that era. I am a go-go freak. Well, yes, I am like, well, that I, I would have been like my my life's goal as you would have been like, I need to be Chuck Brown's bass player. Yeah, well, and I may have gotten there. You, you know? would have. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I, because you were better musically informed than I at the time I wish I had I, I mean I did I did immerse myself a little into that world but yeah. but not nearly as much as I as I would have now right knowing how interesting that's it also was. what moves you and what yeah. you know what and I mean? by like, the way yeah. listen to some Fugazi records yeah. and listen to some bass lines and some Fugazi records yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a definite correlation yeah no there's that's between all... the between what was happening on the yeah. other side of town yeah and, and all that stuff all regional things inform each other even even yeah. if it's as like you know, we hate you guys, and we're doing this as an opposite. You know, there's yeah, definitely, yeah, sure. but no, DC really fertile, uh, Philly really fertile, Chicago, yeah. you know, even at LA, New York. Yeah. But so, but when you went to to, to college, you yeah. went. You did you enter as a music major, or did you enter as like a? So what I ended up doing is, uh, you know, well, first of all, I mean, you know, I, I think part of this is a conversation about was for me at the time you know is music a career yeah. you know I mean my parents certainly didn't think so no no and they probably shouldn't have and then no yeah. to their total uh, to, yeah. and I fully get it I even got it then you yeah. know I mean I, I get it my I mean, dad was in it and he was like right uh, right you know like right. you're good but right right and and so you know I think uh both I wasn't ready to commit myself a hundred percent to music at age 17 or 18 uh, and my parents weren't gonna, weren't gonna back it financially so there was no going to a Berkeley for me or or a Juilliard even you or, would have 
hated I'm guessing Berkeley. I, 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 hated. I know you really well, man. <laughs> hated. That's funny to hear. It's not a place to be a guy in a room, right? Yeah. The paper. Right, right. It right. wasn't really that. Yeah, hard. yeah, no. Um, but I did get, and I, just to my great fortune, I got to go to a really very good school, liberal arts school, very small school called Sarah Lawrence College outside of New York City, which, oh, yeah. which allowed me, it's very flexible, very liberal, and allowed me to do a lot of music, yeah. study a lot of music, but not exclusively music. Yeah. Uh, and also it was within, for me, equally important, it was within the sphere of New York City, yeah. which um, was always, I mean, from the time I was... 13, 14, you know, I mean, as much as I appreciated what was going on in, in D.C. as a teenager, and I learned a lot and loved the music that was coming out of there, I just, I knew that I wanted to be in New York, yeah. you know, and in fact, a lot of the bands, you know, that I, I knew and were friends with at that time also made a move to New York to go to school or, yeah. you know, continue the band, try to grow the band or whatever they were trying yeah. to do. It it's was a natural a time. moth to the flame. Yeah, it was. And, it, it, you know, it still has that moth to flame thing. But in musical terms, it was a much more fertile. It was a it, because you could go there. Yeah. You could actually live there and you didn't need to be right. like a trust fund kid. And you didn't need True. to be. I mean, you could still go there broke as hell and, you know, and yeah. you can make it there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a different thing because it, all of what we're dealing with is different now, you know. It's yeah, like, it's all, it's all, it's all. But, um, so did you, like on weekends, you would just go in and catch shows and, 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 and yeah. hang in the city? And yeah, like, that, I mean, that was the, great. Yeah, yeah, it was great because then you could, you could, you could. You could, we were outside of it enough that, you know, as a young guy, you weren't totally bombarded by the city all the time. Mm. It was a little, it was suburbia, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you could be, you know, at the old Ritz yeah. or the Mercury Lounge or yeah. CBGB's or Brownies or yeah. any of those places that we used to go. All gone. All gone. Basically, except yeah. for maybe Mercury, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and see, you know, great music and be influenced by, by all that was going down. And later, for me, it meant, you know, an accessibility to recording studios, internships, yeah. and being a... I mean, I was a, when I started, you know, my internships summers during college um, as a runner yeah. for studios, running tapes and drugs and yeah. God only knows what all around New York City. That's how studio, studio. people need to understand, and it's, I'm glad you touched on this, because I, I did the same stuff. I was yep. a little younger, I started like 16, yep. but, you know, I, 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 you know, running tapes around town, and, and you would, you'd run drugs, you'd run, you'd have to go and like figure out, I'd have to go and figure out ways to get booze for artists, mm. and I wasn't even old enough to buy it, but <laughs> Yourself. Then, like, you oh know, God, be yeah. like, it was all yeah. like, you know, yeah. I did construction in one of the studios I worked in, like, you really, it was this sort of... You know, like, I, I loved my internship at, at this one studio. At the time, I hated it, but yeah. it was so such a volatile situation. It was like a, basically like a hardcore hip-hop studio. And it was like, if you can put up with this, and you can figure out how to get into the room to actually make some sound, and, get yeah. Like, yeah. and you might not even like what you're working on, yeah. you're going to actually stick. And, and it'll work for you. Like, yeah. when you navigate your ways through the cleaning of the toilets, right? you know, it's no different than wax on, wax off. I would come home, my dad would be like, 
how was work today? <laughs> and I knew I made like eight bucks, and right. I had to chase the guy to get it. You know? right. Yes. Is it this place, Quad Studios? I love. Oh, I, I, remember I that. worked at Quad, and it yeah. was. I always say the first place Tupac got shot. You know. Like, <laughs> but I worked there, and it was yeah. it was dreadful, like right, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really know you did that. I thought you went direct. And, and you'll get to this. You know, I know you worked for a mutual friend. You you ended up working with uh, a, a rather heavy composer. Oh, uh, well. That was eventually. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? But I mean, it all it all ties together. Of yeah, course. yeah. I yeah. mean, I I started uh, working in in shingle houses. Oh, really, as opposed to. All right, I didn't know that. Yeah, as opposed to. Uh, I never knew that. I, I, yeah, I no, I did. You bypass the hell that is. No, that. <laughs> no, no, no. Any houses I would know. I mean, I, you know. Uh, you know, none of them exist anymore. Yeah. But, 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 you know, they. First of all, they're way more prevalent yeah. than than they were so now. So there could be. And there were yeah, tons of. I mean, I've used at that time, like, the, you know, from like the Flatiron Building down to. Union Square. Yeah. I mean, they're just there's one every block. Yeah. You know, and there's so so much more money in advertising then, and certainly in music for advertising. Uh, and the competition was super fierce, yeah. and and there are some obviously some big heavy players. I actually never worked at any of the like the JSMs or the big, but I ended up you know interning at some smaller places, which was which was nice too. But, um, I think it was it was great for me because. I not only got to see all the engineering stuff yeah. and the you know audio technical side of the stuff, which interests me, but I also got to see composers at work. Yeah, and they were real composers. And, and they were real guys. Yeah. I mean, and and in those and session guys too. Yeah. Like you know, in those days, you know, watching you know um, you know Will Lee show up. And, you know, I was just gonna say, how long will it take, take to, to get, get to Will Lee? Lee? Yeah. You know, with it's his like, pre-printed tax forms and oh, like his yeah. assistants like handing in the thing, and, yeah. and he's in and out in ten seconds because yeah. he's got ten of those to do before he goes to do Letterman or whatever. Man, I caught a little bit of that. Man, that was always a trip. It was insane. Like, you do two yeah. jingles and then at night you do yeah. a record date. Yeah. And that, it yeah. was a real thing. It was a real, real thing, and the singers who made Ooh. so much money yeah. singing, you know, a Coke spot. I mean, you could. Retire. It was yeah. amazing. It was so much money, and, and therefore a lot of competition and yeah. a lot of, a lot of, a lot of. Things. So basically, all that um, led to my becoming friends with a studio manager at one of the places that I worked. Mm. And when I graduated, um, I took him out to lunch, you know, and I don't remember East Village somewhere. Yeah. And literally, just by total accident, his neighbor sat down across from us. Uh, he lived in like a, in Battery Park City, maybe, or um, where the, the God, I've been gone from New York so long, I'm forgetting the neighborhoods, which is embarrassing. Um, the Seaport, South Street Seaport, sure, near the Seaport, right. and and this guy uh, sat down next to him, uh, whose name I'm gonna forget, which is an embarrassment, but it's been. To my credit, it's been 20 years. Yeah. Um, and he was not only uh, this guy, Chris, this friend of mine that I had made at the, at the Jingle Studio, his neighbor, but he was also uh, administered Philip Glass's publishing oh. and had an office in the Looking same Glass. space at the Looking Glass, yeah. which, is, which was Philip Glass's studio for many, many years. Mm. And, um, and just totally by chance. And they were, they were needed a new assistant, and the next day I was, you know, over there, and three days later I was there, you know, swabbing the floors and, you know, 
putting away the microphones and coiling cables and all that stuff. And what what year is this? That's uh, '94. Okay. Yeah, so, I graduated yeah. in '94. So, moved to York in New York in '90. Graduated from college summer '94, and I worked there uh, for a while. Worked um, uh, as essentially you know assistant engineer mm. uh, originally. Um, on this big project that at the time Philip was doing, um, which was his operatic re-envisionment, if I can make up a word, of uh, the very famous uh, French silent film La Belle et La Bette. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this, yeah. Yeah, and uh, which was incredibly ambitious Yo. for the time. Yeah. This is, you know, before Pro Tools. So what he had done basically is written all of the dialogue, which you would normally see as text, subtitles sure. on the screen, um, to be sung by opera singers mm. and scored from first frame to last mm. underneath all that. And so we had to record this massive undertaking, full orchestra, uh, all these opera singers, wow. um, synced to picture, yeah. um, which was... Uh, which was I learned a ton, God knows, yeah. on the technical side of it, and yeah. in those days a lot harder. Oh, you know the old empty boxes and yeah. slaving two two inch, you know, forty eight <laughs> tracks with a you know two inch decks and and stuff yeah. like that. But um, it was it was invaluable to be around the music, yeah. particularly be around the parts, yeah. be around the the Phil Glass ensemble. Yeah, I was just gonna you say know all, all very good players, oh. great players, and you know the thing about Philip class and and I didn't I mean I was a schmoo when I was there I met him only a few times honestly really yeah no oh, I would no. think that you would interact with him on a no cuz he he you know he he had this crew and still does I presume yeah, he does who produce all his stuff and he's yeah. not he doesn't take a particular interest in I mean of course he's interested in the final result but he's not interested in the nuts and bolts of getting through that so he was never around for the recording stuff really? and um and he just had this crew guy uh, who i think i mean many of whom i think you know he was friends with since the warhol era yeah you know what i mean then, i mean yeah. since long no, long, very long loyal, before very, very loyal very yeah. smart very i mean yeah. he could any of whom could have been a fellow class on their own i'm sure yeah you know and uh, so yeah it was great i mean you know it was hard hard freaking work as you know you know it was 80 hour weeks yeah. no overtime you know collapsing into my little tiny Chelsea studio on a futon, you know, mm. and waking up four hours later and doing it again. Right back in. Yeah, yeah. seven days a week, you know. Just boom, Training boom. for now. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in fact, yeah. I mean, I've never had it as hard as that. Yeah. I mean, you know, as hard as, as, hard as I work now. Yeah. You know, if I think back on that, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's that was, wild. You know, and you can only do that when you're... 24 yeah you know 23 i i couldn't do too much of that it's funny i i, I did do a bunch of that on you know i i have to say sessions nowhere near as creative so it was even it was always so frustrating to me to be at a session that i knew was going to last 72 hours yeah the work of which could be done in the in the bowl in the better part of six yeah and and here's i'm going to go out on a, on a little bit of a limb here and say that there wasn't a bowl of cocaine at a session <laughs> that you were at, nor were there arguments over things like, you know, uh, that hi-hat pattern is wrong. You know, like, right, right, no. really, ins so I, I, you know, yeah, obviously I'd spent a lot of time around more creative stuff than that, but right. from a, an assistant yeah. engineer standpoint, yeah. Yeah. 
when you're babysitting as opposed to watching actual yeah. genius. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, I did do some of that, and it was very informative for me because sure. because I got hired on to to work on that opera, yeah. which lasted a better part of a year. Yeah, that's a real you know, and, and and amazing. I mean, obviously, one of the amazing things about Philip Glass is that he's one of the super few people who has a legitimate leg in classical. Mm academia even if you want to look at it that way and you know perfectly valuable pop music i mean literally you know we could be working on this opera and bowie's into the room well i was just gonna you say know, or tori amos or i mean yeah. it could have been you know there were always cool yeah. acts like yes. i i worked there after you were gone actually around the time that we met yep my really close friend of mine has worked with philip for years right. uh, linda and you know, you'd be there and it'd be like, is that Tony Visconti and David Bo Like, right. what? You know? I know. So it's very, very hip collection of people coming yeah. in and out of the building. Which very I unique love. place, which, yeah. I, which I love to be around. Yeah. But when that project ended, I became, you know, a house assistant engineer. Mm. And when Philip's not using the studio, they rented it out, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so business. it became, and it wasn't like a high-end. I mean, it was yeah. great yeah. for Philip's purpose. It was yeah. not a high-end place. No. So it was, a, it was a cavalcade of, like, bad punk bands and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And that, I have to say, spurred, and, and I'm thankful for it, personally, just for me, but it, it, it made me realize, as much as I love the engineering aspect of it, I love driving an SSL, I love, yeah. you know, knowing how to run all that stuff, and, 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 you know, making great sounds, and all that's been very useful in my career, mm. I knew being an engineer, and even being a record producer, which is something that I, I considered at one point, was, pr was probably not the route for me. Yeah. Um, because it was, it was too much. Did you think at a certain point you wanted to do that? I did, yeah. I, I wasn't sure. You know, I, I, I wasn't, I mean, I, I loved all these skills, and I wasn't sure about, you know, um, I mean, I had a lot of friends and bands that I, whose records I produced, you know, mm -hmm. in that time, and at school and after school. And, mm -hmm. and I liked doing that to a certain degree, but um, I don't know. I, no, I nothing is more important than learning what you know, learning what you don't want to do. Exactly. And, and weeding out things, parts of the process. And what you're not good at, even. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I mean, there are aspects of that job that I'm good at. The part I'm not good at is I don't, I'm not patient. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know that about Yeah, yeah. Neither and, am I. I just and mask that, it. I and think and that better, comes yeah. from having just been, I mean, from five, yeah. you know, the music was, it was just me. Yeah. And I like the collaborative process, but to be honest, I haven't done a lot of it. And part of it is just, I, it's... That's not how I'm wired. No, you know, um, and that's a whole discussion for another day. But yeah, but but you know, but it's a real but, thing. Yeah, and I, I will say one thing that's that I despise about what it, the world that we're sort of in with sort of being surrounded by gear, mm -hmm. having the knowledge. It's funny to learn. You know, like you spend all this time around studios. I know how to use all the software I want to use. I know how to do all the things that I want to do. But I'm trained as a rhythm section musician that collaborates, mm -hmm. you know, not only with a, a, a living, breathing thing, right. but also, an, a, and, you know, a producer and an engineer, maybe a Weasley A&R guy, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mechanism, and you right. learn how to function within it, and right. there are politics, right. and you shut up at the right time. But it is interesting, for me, the way that I view technology, it weeded out the annoying interactions that I didn't want to have anymore. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah. totally a part of me is immersed in a jazz world where I just was like, you know what? 
I finally realized after about eight years that I hate jazz musicians <laughs> and I can just do what I want on my own. But there's there limitate. You start collaborating and you have to yep. go. All right. Uh, wait a minute. Yep. Time to listen. Yes. Time to be patient. Yeah. Yep. Wait for someone to come up with a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a real thing. No, and I respect you so much for that. And 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 if there's a, a kind of music that I know nothing about, and I'm the the first thing I'll say I know nothing mm. about is jazz. Yeah. Because it is. It, it, it's from a very different mindset yeah. and that I never had the oh, experience to be around. It's the opposite of your grounding as a kid. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. extreme opposite. I loved at school so. getting around New England Conservatory guys mm -hmm. because, you know, they would, especially the real hardcore, like I want to be first chair, you know, violinist, yeah. Cleveland Symphony. Yeah. Yeah. It would just, I'm like, we're in E. <laughs> right. that's, the, that's like how, how do you start yeah. a panic attack at a conservatory yeah, like, we're, we're in E right. no, I don't even know if we're in 4 right. you know? what do you mean 4 what, you know? yeah. 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 That, it's, it, it's incredible but then some of my favorite jazz players came out of that school too up in Boston so whatever there's, yeah. there's a thing but yeah you're not, your head's not wired a certain way it's not wired a certain way no. so when, when did we we met like 96ish? Yeah, that's 90? my guess. Yeah. Oh man, I just remember yeah. being man. We so so we I'll just tell people. Dave and I met because our buddies Gabe and Red Boy. Basically it was Gabe and Red Boy's party, right? Isn't that the main It is, and you should know that Gabe and I went to school together. Yes. Right. And I so know that's the connection. So yeah, yeah. Gabe was uh, um, a year ahead of me um, at Sarah Lawrence and so when I graduated he was already in the city yeah. and doing his thing. He was always super into Great, you know, little record labels, yeah, and importing yeah. and exporting records and, and stuff. They still works in the business, yeah. and um, and he and our our other friend Red Boy, the, the infamous Red Boy, the infamous Red Boy, yeah. who you should interview at some day. Too, Absolutely, so yeah, it's just a proximity uh, thing for me. And uh, you know, they yeah, they had this this weekly get together <laughs> thing, which I mean, th looking back, gathering on it, of miscreants. Yes, <laughs> it really was, uh, but it was. Uh, it was I don't know. It was funny. I had just I had just gotten out of my Philip class. Yeah. Haze because yeah, yeah, yeah. there was no way I was going out ever uh, when I was doing that. I was doing nothing but working. Yeah. So I was just trying to sort my way from there. I was like temping at a law office. I think. Yeah, that's right. Remember yes, that? Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to get back into the jingle side of it probably because I was wanted to be around more composing and and all that stuff. But I had kind of you know I've been out of it for a little while, so I was trying to remember what's going on and. You know, it was, it was fascinating to look back on now. But it was a, 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 a it was a, first of all, it was a heady time in the music business, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it was still the music business was legit. There was a lot of money. We had a lot of friends working. A lot. There. Everybody we knew worked in the record yeah. business, on some capacity or another. Yeah. And um, some jobs. Just and they were hiring young. Oh yeah. So you know, what I mean, so for, so for us to go out in our mid twenties to or late twenties, yeah. you know, at these things. We were surrounded by, you know, our entire generation of people who were coming up in the business, yeah. in the record side, yeah. in the TV side, and everything. Absolutely. And this was this this crazy zeitgeist meeting place um, that, you know, uh, of some people who were, you know, legitimate, and I don't count myself among them, but who were legitimately in the know about music, particularly what Absolutely. was going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and it was quiet. I mean, it could be 20 people there. It could be yeah. 40 people there. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Bjork could be there, too. Or Fatboy Slim. <laughs> right. Or Moby. Right. Or, yeah, it, it would literally be like, it was just a cool hang. Yep. And you kind of never knew who was going to roll through 
But you you did know one thing. At three in the morning, it was the same four knuckleheads <laughs> drunk out of their mind, yes. having a good time. But, yes. But I just remember my connection. I met Gabe, your buddy, you yep. know, yep. Uh, from school. I met him when that party was in a different spot, and I don't remember where it was. It was like Den of Thieves or one of these yeah. club bars that yep. doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. And the reason why I met Which him... Which I have to interrupt, but, yeah. you know, the, the, which just got bought by Rob and Mark. That's where they're opening their next party. Oh, next they're, they're, Rob and Mark the are opening it that, in that, that physical in that spot? that physical space. Oh, that's great. So they have Which is funny because Red Boy bartends for them, so he makes yeah. them bartending at the same spot. Oh, wow. I know. That is, Sorry. Sorry, yeah. that's that's boring for everybody else. But It's amazing how they've perfected not growing up with yes. grown-ups. I love them. All right. Uh, yes. So, so, all right. So, I remember yep. meeting Gabe. Yeah. Great DJ. Yeah. And the only reason why I met him is I went into this little place. No one was, like, in this spot. But he was playing some drum and bass stuff. I really dug it. And I walked up. And I was just sort of standing... Near him because I knew I knew I knew I had to become a DJ, yeah. And I really didn't want to. Right. I knew I really didn't want to DJ, but I had a record. It was starting to bubble a little. Yeah. And I was like, there, I can't, I'm not going to hire a band. Right. That's what I'm trained in. Yeah. But I need to do this. And why the hell am I going right. to do this? Like, right. so I'm just standing there, and Gabe looks over, and he was just like, Oh, and here's the other thing. The real reason why I didn't really want to become a DJ was because I found them all to be highly objectionable <laughs> characters. Like, you know, I never got along with them. You right. know? It's like guys, like, you know. Yeah. So I'm just standing there, and I'm keeping just enough distance where I'm, like, feeling like he's not going to feel me looking. Right. But, you know, and he just looks up, and he goes, hey, man. And I was just like, oh, hi. You know, like, right. why would you be nice to me? Aren't you supposed to be a prick? Isn't right. that what central casting? Right. <laughs> so we just started talking. And it was just one of those moments where we were instantly friends, gave me a drink ticket, told me what record he was playing, told me that he had a party at this place, and next thing I know, I have eight new great friends. Yep. And literally, literally, I love Red Boy and Gabe for the mm -hmm. following thing. They, one of them knew my record that was kind of bubbling a little, and he was just like, you know what, I think it was Red Boy. He was like, come and DJ at our party. And I was like, I don't really know how to. He goes... Who cares? <laughs> You'll learn while you do it, and it'll be horrible. And but you're great. You know, we yeah. you're totally cool. Like just come and do it. Yeah. So I learned how to DJ in this little crappy spot, yeah. and I met you, yeah. and I met Rob, yeah. and I met like all these people that became really close friends. And no one, I think, it wasn't a very judgmental thing. Like the DJ thing in that scene yeah. could be could be worse than jazz. Oh. Actually, it was really... Oh, yeah. And and I hate to sound snotty, but for me it was like, it could be worse than jazz, but, like, literally, I, I'll never forget this. My buddy Gerald, God bless him. You've met Gerald yeah, a yeah, number yeah. of times. Gerald and I were at a club. I think it was called Coney Island High. They oh, used yeah. to have that thing called, you know, Breakbeat Jungle or yeah, Jungle yeah, Nightmare yeah, yeah. or one right, of these, right. you know, I'm sure I'm, <laughs> someone's going to yell at me for not remembering. Yeah. And, and I just remember being asked to DJ there... Knowing I should do it, knowing I had the right records to play, and in the middle of DJing, he's just standing there with me, and it's like, literally, everyone's on speed, yeah. everyone's on every drug right. I've never tried, right. and something happened to the deck, you know, it was like a real turntable, like the tone arm just, just, just fell off, because it probably <laughs> hadn't been repaired or, right. or dealt with in years. And the whole place, it, it turned into like a scene from a Tarzan film. Like, ah, you 
you know, everybody's screaming. Yeah. And all I could think to do, I had a mic. I started going, go home and read a book. And I'm the, I'm the asshole DJ that's like, all right, it's not my fault. You know? yeah. So I was never meant to be in this. But yeah. I remember meeting you and secretly bonding over the fact that we loved Brian Eno. Yes. You had worked at Phillips. But yeah. I, was, I know Philip, my friend. Yeah. It's just such a great time to be around music and like experience New York in that way through that filter. You know, oh, absolutely. I loved it. And yeah. I sincerely, sincerely, and this makes me sound like a really old codger, but I mean, I sincerely hope that there's some equivalent like that going on now in New York. You know, full I'm of sure 45 year olds. I'm sure there has I mean, it's to not going to be the same thing, and the music's different, but, no. you know, I mean, I, I certainly hope maybe they're playing video games together <laughs> or against right. each other in a dark room in the Lower East Side. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever it is. Sake. Yeah, right, and, right, and right. By a, sold, right. Like a girl dressed up like an anime character. I, yeah. I, I don't know, but whatever it is. Uh, Something cool will come out of that kind of thing. It's just, yes. it's a different generation. It's a different yeah. group of people. I never, it's funny, it's, it's such a waste of time to be like, you know, oh, I miss the older... <laughs> It's that was great, and if there's yeah, something now or anybody's creative as a result, amazing. I don't care yeah. what the process is. I know I'm not there, and it, you know yep. whatever. But yep. but it was fun. And I did, when did you decide to move here? Was that like '98? No, I was, was here. Um, or? I was here until after 9/11, actually. Oh. I left um, here. No, you were in New York. I was in New York oh. until after 9/11. I was there until early 2002. Oh, is when I moved out here. Okay. So uh, yeah, I from there, you know, I went to work for some jingle guys, some advertising guys, and then um, I had our own little music house with uh, two other composers. That was based out of a great big post production facility in Times Square, and I, uh. and I worked there for many years actually. Uh. And before I kind of went out on my own, ninety uh, nine, okay. I want to say as like just a freelance composer, just yeah. doing it out of my tiny apartment. And, um, which was, uh, it was going fair to Midland. Yeah, say. But that's my, was one of my father's favorite <laughs> expressions. Fair to Midland. Fair, fair to Midland. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and, you know, just, I think, um, I realized some limitations in what I wanted to do in terms of being in New York. Yeah. Um, from terms, you know, hopefully working on dramatic film and TV as a, as a composer, those options were much more limited in New York, and, yeah. I, and I was feeling like change was due anyways. And then, uh, yeah, the whole 9-11 thing, I mean, you know, even though you know, I'm blessed not to be personally affected other than to stand on my roof and watch it, mm. you know what I mean? Um, but I'm personally not affected by the tragedy, except that, you know, the work dried up and the economy went to crap in New York for a while and I knew it would come back of course but you know I kind of moved into New York you know when it was on the rise and kind of rode the bubble of of Manhattan you know and the Clinton era and the yeah, economy was, was doing thing. great and people were making and I was making good money you know for a 20 yeah. something you know yeah. and having a fun and great time but yeah. you know I just felt like and if you'd asked me, I think at 27, I would have told you, oh, I'm going to be in New York till I die. I'm never leaving. Um, but, you know, other interests and some of the limitations of living in New York became apparent. Right. And I was like, you know, this is the moment, you know, this is the kick in the ass. You know, I lost like a bunch of bookings 
for things that I thought I was going to work on at the end of 2001 mm-hmm. after 9-11 because the budgets for them dried up or the production schedules changed or whatever yeah, it was. Just... And I just knew I was facing six months of not working probably. And if I wanted to do that, why should I should just go to L.A., yeah. which was on the radar anyways. And then I could invest that six months into starting new somewhere else anyways, mm-hmm. um, which was always the plan. Now, if I had known that I was going to sit on my couch, not for six months, but for two years, mm. watching the money disappear and watching every Law & Order episode there was to watch seven times. Yeah. Uh, I, I and spent not finding time on that couch. You did, you, yes. yes. Uh, I probably wouldn't have done it. I'm glad I didn't know how hard it was going to be. Yeah. You know, I, I, just, I really thought naively that my limited... Um, you, New York you, credits were gonna, you know. You thought you'd come here and just write the theme to chips? No, yeah, yeah no, 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 I didn't no, get no, that no. fortunate. I didn't. I never imagined getting that fortunate. But I thought I could find a gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was, you know, the thing is here, if you move there at thirty, move here at thirty, right? And you want to get a gig for another composer. It, it, my options were, you know, start over, as the twenty-one-year-olds were, yeah. which I felt like I'd already done. But I wasn't established enough to be more than that. No. So I was in a very gray area in between. It is a weird in between place. It was, yep. You know, and I'm doing this. I did it at 40. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much other True. stuff I've done or have. True. You know, but you've had a few more chapters in between than yeah, I. Yeah, but the thing is, it always cracks me up. Is I'll go and meet with movie people, and it'll be like, oh yeah, it was you know music in this thing. Or I wrote we wrote music for this thing, and it's just like. You're speaking to someone that's 26. <laughs> They're like, oh, my mom loves that movie. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not that bad. But it's like, it is, it is a, it is a, it's, it's a surreal, it's an interesting place to move to mm. because it really doesn't matter what you've done in other places. Unless you're coming here as like really established, like a, a, almost like undeniably established to the point where it's like, you know, you have to be at that level where it's like, oh, I can get a meeting with anyone because I, you know, I've had massive hits and I've had, you know, yeah, even then it's still hard. Rare. I mean, I think, you yeah. know, I think the equivalent, I mean, I think of, for, there's so many actors here, of course. Yeah. I think of being, you know, someone who is a big star in New York on Broadway. Oh. Moving here, eh, eh, it's a little help. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're, I mean? You're, but it's, you're, you're not going to... Yeah, your not, best chance is be, is knowing maybe a lot of friends that are in episodic TV shows that can say, hey, you, you know right. what? Right, right, you know, it's a relationships thing. Yeah, sure, of course. Can't discount that, but you know, it's tough. Yeah, you know, it's it's a really interesting thing. So, yeah, but so, you know, what was the? What do you think? I mean, you know, you did get you got that series. Uh, got me off the saved. couch. Yeah, I mean, no, I listen. <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. you busted your ass. You were always making a reel. You yep. were always going out to yep. specific industry parties. Yep. You were trying to meet. Yep. You know, I did as much of getting myself out there as I. As I could stomach. Exactly. I was you know, just about to say because hard, you know. I always remember the five-year-old playing a bot piece. Right. Like you're an, you are an inside yeah. kind of guy. You're not right. like let's yeah. go get shit faced and you right. know no. go to a strip club. You're, you're no, not that not, guy. Not too much of that. No. But um, yeah, I mean, in the end, the the breakthrough was taking a step sideways, again, and doing something more technical. And uh, you know, I had made friends with my still good friends that you know well, Brian and Bruno. Yeah. Who are both, you know, top level Hollywood music editors. Which is you know, it's a it's a different kind of job than writing music. It's a oh, it's a more yeah. technical position. Uh but an important one. And uh Bruno was uh had always been the uh music editor for Six Feet Under, the mm. T V show. 
great show, obviously. Uh, but he, it was ending, and he was looking for the net, whatever was going to be next for him. But it came sooner than he wanted, so he got double booked, basically. Right. And so he needed somebody to help him as a music editor on Six Feet Under, which. Uh, you know, to be honest, I was reticent to do because I, yeah. I just didn't want people to. I didn't want to be known as a music editor because it's totally then it's a whole thing. other hurdle that you got to yeah. cross over to get people to think of you as a yeah. composer, which was the, always the goal for me. Yeah. But I did, and it was the best thing I ever did well, because it put me in the room with some incredibly bright people, yeah. um, who and saw how a great TV show got made yeah. from from the writers. You know, room through you know the final mix, uh, and to be around Alan Poole and Alan Ball and and, and just peripherally, sure. you know, certainly very peripherally, I was a, a a tiny fly on the wall, but I got to be around a lot of that stuff, and it informed so much uh, for me about how the business here works and how the TV business works, so radically different from any of the TV you know documentaries or commercials or things I was doing in New York. Um, that uh, it was invaluable, and of course, you know, uh, you make personal relationships. You will spend that much time with the same group of people, and I was careful but sincere in letting everybody know that I really was like wanted to be a composer, and that was that was the ultimate goal. And people remembered that, and you know, I can trace every TV show I've ever worked on since to the people that I met there, yeah. including you know the two music supervisors. Sure. Gary oh, Calamar Gary and, and Thomas, Thomas who have been, you know, up until recently. You worked with Thomas so. before the show. Do you remember that you did? Didn't you do? I remember. I feel like I got you guys together because you he did. had you some helped, one yeah. of his yeah. insane well, ideas. Well, first of all, yeah. We, well, we had all originally. First time I met Thomas was with you at Sundance. Oh, right. Before I even moved to LA. That's right. Um, so there was that 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 can become and it was like fortuitous that I ended up in the same yeah situation with both him and Gary and, yeah yeah and yeah. Um, that was right we were at Sundance it was at yep. like 93, 90, no no 03, no. 04? no it had to be before that because I oh. moved in 02. And it was before that. It was, wow, was I, did, like, I did Sundance earlier than I thought yeah, I did. You mean, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. awesome. It so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so and then, you know, you reconnected us and I did some hilarious... Oh my uh, God, was it like um, Vegas thing? Yes, yeah. something for Las Vegas, yeah. like a, a piece of music for the t TV show Las Vegas. Thomas is good at getting you to do something for 39 hours. <laughs> I have an idea. I already go, uh, you know, like, uh, clear the decks, Thomas is scheming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like that. Yeah. And then you ending know, up circling back around. And oh, like yeah, that. yeah. Of course. Small world, my friend. It is and, very, 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 very small. Um, and uh, anyway. and that's a series, by the way, that wrapped itself up correctly. And that's six feet under. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know, I I, I I loved that show, and it, you know, I, I thought they wrapped it up brilliantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it'd be good. fun to go back and binge watch it. Wow. Yeah, 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 could. right? <laughs> well, I, I will watching, say one thing. Just... I need to go on record and say one thing, and yeah. I always break Thomas's balls about this, but I, I was lucky enough to have music in that show, yeah, I think, two, th two, three two times. times and, yeah. and actually, in the very last episode, I had a song, uh, a remix I did that's at the second-to-last scene in the show, so it's like building towards that that's incredible right. finish with that, that Sia track that I think Thomas actually is, like, you know, you know definitely fought for, but... Um, Thomas called me once in the third season and proceeded to tell me 
every aspect and plot line <laughs> up to it. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, Thomas, I am a fan of this show. Right. I mean, I actually told him when he was working on Breaking Bad, you will not need to call me because I know this show won't call for my music. But if you do and you tell me anything about Gus Fring or Mike, I will murder you in your sleep. Yeah. And he yeah. always laughs, man, because yeah. we've done stuff since then. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> no more details, please. Do, no, yeah. Because he's all about the details. Oh, I know. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, he told me, he sent a brief out and we spoke and then he told me effectively everything about season three for six feet under. I didn't, I didn't want to know. So that's an aside, whatever. But yeah, it's it's it is a trip. It's it's a relationship based thing, and it's amazing. I always forget you were the music editor. It's a totally different gig, you know. Yeah. So to 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 tap dance your way sideways out of that back into like say guys check this out like yeah. this is you know yeah certainly helped that you had a suit even if it was one year of a, se a series under your belt they at least could see some you had done no say, that came after it did no gary got me on well, i worked with oh, gary I didn't long know. before i ever worked with thomas again oh. so yeah save was my first composing gig for a dramatic series oh gary but go. that came through gary after six feet under was was wrapped so yeah no i hadn't oh. No, I, I mean, the only thing that helped me on the being a music editor was that, thankfully, I, as a, as have always, uh, I mean, post-Synclavier days, I've yeah. always written in Pro Tools. Yeah. So I know Pro Tools, which Back is the tool for totally. music editing. So uh, that was that was the only up, leg up I had there. But Did, did you find it, because I've done, I've been forced to do my music, own music editing. I know it can get really challenging. It's mostly not the hardest work on the planet. And I know my friend, I have some friends that are music editors, and I always, I go, um, yeah, just chop it there. <laughs> I, I, I'm just screwing around. It's that, really, it can be unbelievably well, there's that, like, like all Hollywood jobs, I mean, yeah. part of the job is the politics of the job. Sure. It's negotiating, you know, because you're, you're in the middle between composers and supervisors and producers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 So yeah, that's yeah. actually the hardest part. I mostly the, just The physical cutting, I mean... You know, if you're a musician, it's it's hopefully innate. Well, because but, yeah, you're cutting on right. you're you're cutting musically if you if you're a musician, right. you, you right. can't help but do right. That. But if you don't have that musical training, it would be hard. Yeah, yeah. My friend Jen uh, Jen Lenar is a great music editor, and she's doing all the stuff for you know the Coen Brothers films. She works with T Bone, mm -hmm. and I always always just go like. I'm like, wait, you're just, you're just, just edit on the one, you know? Like, yeah. she, she, she's like, shut up, Adam. We have a union. She's like, don't even start that shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm just messing around. Right, but, right. But it's it's cool that you, you know, that what a great way to get in with a group of people, showing like, hey, you know, it's almost like being a piano player, being like, hey, I'm gonna play sax on this gig, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I'll show you, like, I can. Or I'm gonna tune the piano. I mean, you know what I mean? but I'm gonna that's hang out. Better, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm gonna oh, hang out so if you don't great. mind. I'm gonna tune I'll, the piano. I'll tune the piano for peanuts, but yeah. you know, but yeah, let yeah. me hang out and yeah. hear hear the creative conversation that's gonna lead you guys to these these amazing creative decisions. Yeah, And, yeah, and yeah, make yeah. a great show. I mean, that, oh, I, I mean, that's wow. That was that was you know certainly uh, instrumental for me. Um, yeah. And then you got Breaking Bad, and now we're sitting here. Okay, thank you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, because God knows what's going to happen from here. Right? So, um, definitely, that's the whole. And that's the beauty. I will say this to bring it back around. It's 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 surreal to see someone like an Alan Silvestri or like a even like a Danny Elfman. Like all of these guys still speak, and they're like, "Well, what's next?" You know, like what I don't know what's next. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, really. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. You know. I mean, you know, uh, one assumes that they have enough, you know, yeah. they have large enough bank accounts at this point that they but can... But I don't think sometimes it's but, about... No, but these guys then love it becomes, to work, Yes, you know? of course, and then it becomes that, and then, yeah. and, 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 you know, and hopefully work on great projects, and, yeah. and it becomes, you know, you never, you never, you can never rest easy from politicking for the, you know, the plum gigs. Yeah. Because there just aren't that many of them. No. 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 And it's really hard. It's, you know, if, if one thing, like, you know, listen, I compose from time to time. I'm not trained at it. I know I'm faking it till I make it. But I'm pretty damn decent at what I have to do. Of course. I know that it's, and maybe this is something, you know, I don't want to let a cat out of the bag. You really have to be talented, but boy, do you have to know how to tap dance around the right people and... Sort of, oh God! Know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's, Please, it's, yeah. there's <clears throat> there's three hundred composers you, uh, who are better than I am, and when it comes to writing music, I but only two hundred. No, at least three hundred, <laughs> maybe three hundred and one. No, but 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 you know that's not the job. I mean that's, no, that's no. A, of course that's part of the job. Yeah, but you know you and you know it's, you have to also be able to like. You know, sit in a room and discuss an episode. You have to be able to talk about story. You have to be able to talk about your boss's kids, and you have to be able to be aware and 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 you know you know cognizant enough to have a discussion about Syria today. Was you know some? I mean, it's it. These are very bright people. It's something that people I don't think understand. People who are not working in Hollywood think underestimate. Yeah. The people who are successful in Hollywood are successful for a reason. Yeah. They're very, very smart, Generally, very hardworking, yeah. very talented people, yeah. especially the ones doing the great projects. Yeah. Um, and they're very well-rounded people, yeah. you know, and, and you have to be too. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think to fit in doesn't necessarily mean it's about the music. And, of course, yeah. you have to be able to do that too. But. I think once you hit, really hit the ground running and you're, you're delivering what you say you're going to deliver... I think it feels, and I've been on a lot enough records and films and document. Like it becomes literally a family, and you yeah. know you really have to interact. And there are dysfunctional relationships. And sometimes three producers hate each other, and yep. sometimes everyone's cool. Yeah, and you just get to do what you do. You know, rarer than yep. than other times, but. Yep. I don't think people get to hear enough about that stuff. That's why, you know, we don't have to yeah. go, you know, on and on about yeah. it. But it is cool to hear from someone, you know, that it's like, hey, guys. No, it is. And, and, the, and the craziest part of it is that you cannot know what it's going to be like until you're in it. Yes. You know, I mean, you could put all these creative people together and on paper it may sound like absolutely incredible mix. Yeah. Uh, and it all falls, you know, I mean, it's You'll love what apart. I'm about to say. It could be like the New York Yankees. You can <laughs> sure. buy every incredible thing. Of course. And it blows. Yeah. Although okay. they're going to be good this year. You don't care. No, yeah. I don't care. But <laughs> but yeah, no, of course. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a team yeah. thing, and it has to gel, and it has to has to work. And uh, um, and you have to, you, know, you just have to fit. And some of that is just, some of that, frankly, is beyond your control. Oh. You're either going to fit with this group of people or you aren't based on who you are. And this, you know, we're all of an age where we're not, we are who we are. You know, I mean, hopefully yeah. you are broad and you can, you know, uh, 
not abroad, but broad. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> we don't talk about uh, broads. Um, yeah, you know, like, and, you, and you can yeah. fit yourself into numerous situations, but you also have to be able to identify a situation where you don't fit. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't bring, try not to put yourself in it. Right. You could bring up Syria, and someone wants to talk about Miley Cyrus. You know, and yeah, whatever. Like, oh, hey, why? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't hang in this one yeah. for this moment. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, that's for sure. And it's not uncommon for composers to get tossed off projects early on because, yeah. because it may seem like the right fit in an interview, but it, it just you know something doesn't gel, and you know it, a lot of changes get made. And there's no, there's no, all the best composers have been tossed off projects. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It just, it, it just, it's about refining that right, those right connections. And yeah. uh, uh, as much as you know, an agent may push. For a certain situation, or you think it's a good situation, until you get into it, you just don't know. And uh, uh, you know, I've been so fortunate these past years to have had such a great one. You know, with my Breaking Bad experience, that now I fear it's like you're gonna be chasing that. Yeah. It's almost experience. like a, a dealer giving you that first hit of like yeah, no, right, right, like, right, right. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about the show having been a huge hit. I mean, that no, was, of no. course, nice, too. But I'm just talking about the creative environment. It was just, you know, it fostered so well, and it was just the right mix of people, Yeah, you know? Um, I just think you just yeah. have to absolutely cherish it and enjoy it for what it was. Absolutely. And you can't chase that experience, because no. if you do, I think you never really... You kind of force it. It's like you exactly. Know, please yeah. go to the problem no, with me. No. Yeah, Will you exactly. please go to the problem with me? You know. Yep. You have to. You have to open up. Approach it with a with a new and open mind. Yeah. For sure. And, and some, what, you know, it, the funny it. thing is, I've been on plenty of. Uh, I, I love nothing makes me. I used to get re- I, when I was angrier as a younger child. Nothing cracks me up more than someone hiring you, based on a specific thing that they think they know about what you do, but they're not hiring you for that. They just think, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's like, it's I not even applicable at it's, all. Right, it's so like the Martin doing. Fink experience where it's like, you know, Adam, we want you to do this and it has to, yeah. and you, you, you do it and you make the pair of pants for them and they yeah. fit in there. Yeah. This isn't what I asked for. Right. Why did you hire me? Like, right, right. really? Right. Yeah. I love that. That's my, that's my favorite. Cause it used to really anger me. And now I'm just like, Oh, okay. You yeah. Just next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's kind of great. But all right, so uh, we're gonna wrap this up, uh, Dave Porter. Uh, <laughs> I love this. That's a very professional way to wrap something up. To uh, go yes, roll. yes, yes. Um, what? This is good because we got all of our conversing yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Because tomorrow we're gonna go six <laughs> soccer match and we don't have to talk. Basically, we've done it. Yes. We can just. That's it. I have nothing to say yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah so just, tomorrow, yeah, we're gonna you know. go see. We're gonna see the the Team USA play South Korea. Yep. Friendly match at uh, at here in LA. A friendly a, match. A that, warm World Cup tune-up match. Yeah. We're 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 both into the into the soccer thing, so we're gonna have, we're gonna have a good time. And we won't need to speak. We'll just. All right. We'll just cheer. All right. Let's start the not speaking now. <laughs> Thank you. This was great. <laughs>